I'm in Max, Max, Max. You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 28, Episode 14 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Stork. And I'm Kurt. This is really weird. I'm the original Kurt. We're, we're live. We're, we're, we're actually live. We're actually person. live. Okay. Next, don't, 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 don't. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. <laughs> this is the first time we've all been back in the studio. It's, oh. it's really weird. <laughs> it's, it's great. I don't it know is. what he's talking it's about. Fine. It's great. So in this episode of Happy Jacks, I'm in Pankine. We're going to do our little initiative roll, our elevator advice, and then Leatherneck sends us a message about gaming and spies. And uh, we continue our fantasy world building. We're also going to talk about Kurt's... Oh, that thing. Yeah, bring. Yeah, you don't have to bring him out thing? now, but okay. we're going we're to talk about Kurt's... Um, love of, mu- our mutual love of newspapers yeah. as props. Oh, so good. <clears throat> but first, if you'd like to email us... And you should. Yeah. You can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. If you don't email us, we don't have a show. Yeah. Then we have to come up with other <laughs> shit to do. We, you don't want us freeforming and just coming up with our own advice. No, no, no. Very specific advice. So Your emails let's say, are the script for this show. <laughs> really. That, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> and if you want to watch you us live, you can go watch us at happyjacks.org slash live, and we stream it uh, t- 10. We're... we're, car- we're our target is 10 a.m. We will get there. Somebody forgot it was live today. Someone forgot what in-person means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been, been a year. over a year. <laughs> Luckily, March that someone lives a- close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I had forgotten. Yeah, I just wouldn't have gone. Would have, yeah, we would, have, we would have been done by the time you got here. Yeah, Mar- look, March was a hell of a decade. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we are t- 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time on Saturdays. So if you're in the UK or on the continent and you would like to watch the show, I believe our show is not in the middle of the night now. It would be about 6 p.m., give or take. Okay, there you go, 6 p.m. Depending on daylight saving time and what part of England you're in. If you're in the UK, you can watch us in the pub. It's perfect. That Yeah, have them turn off that stupid... Like cricket football game. shit. Yeah, you don't want to watch the cricket anyway. <laughs> Nobody understands the rules. Sports. Turn this on. Yeah. Is cricket really That'll sport? go over even better. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else, most of the people in the pub won't understand the rules of this either, so it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we have rules? <laughs> RPGs do, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're okay, cryptic right. and uh, they're less cryptic than crypt cricket. Yeah. Say All that right. five times fast. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Just about hurt myself that time. All right. <laughs> All right. So this first thing, our initiative roll, the elevator advice, which is uh, a you know a one or two sentences of advice that you could give to someone who's go- about to GM for the first time. We're doing this so that in every episode, there will be at least one thing that will have some value. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is our goal. Shit, I'll just leave. Uh, <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> so, so out of the 40 to forty to 60 minutes we do in the first five minutes, there might be something that's worth listening to. That's our hope. That's our pledge. <laughs> oh, now there's pressure. Oh. All right, Kurt. Right. You're so. in a hypothetical... Oh, did I tell you that there's another gaming store in Pasadena? 
No, no. What was it called? I don't know. Well, see, you I don't can't just start that and then not know <laughs> the information. Well, I don't live in Pasadena. I come to Pasadena basically to come here. That's basically the only reason I come to Pasadena. It's it's on green, I think. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, Gameology. Gameology. Have you okay. seen this? No. It's uh, it it uh, it's right next to Buca de Beppo. Good place. You know where Buca de Beppo no, is? No, I don't. On green? I, I have to leave I know my where house. It is, actually, yeah, like I, in I a year. Know where that is. Okay, it's it's uh, just west of there. Holy shit! Wait, that's like right near where I got married. Uh, no, it's farther down the street. Oh, okay, farther down. It, okay, yeah, yeah, it's. Mm, Apparently, I come to Pasadena for this and quarter, to get married. It's about a quarter mile west of there. Oh, okay. Do you have a cross street? Buca de Beppo. It's an Italian restaurant. It's yeah. an Italian restaurant. It's a wonderful Italian. Oh, it's yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, we've both been going out interacting that, with people. Buca de Beppo is is, is the restaurant that has the booth that's in the kitchen, like the mob booth. Oh, yeah, that's what okay. I call it. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds way too highbrow and pop. Oh, it's, no, it's no, really not. not even. It's, a, it's like a family style Italian place. Oh, okay, yeah, it, they they style themselves as an Italian uh, uh, immigrant. Restaurant. It's like this is Italian immigrant food. This is what the Italians made when they got to America, and they were like, "Oh, we can't actually get the things that we normally get right. in Italy, so we'll use American ingredients." Right. And which it'll a lot work of, out fine. <laughs> right. Which a lot of people did. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, right next to it, I think it used to be a real high-end furniture store. Okay. And it's a two-story building. Ooh. Two-story game shop. The bottom floor is the store, and I think there's one or two. There's a couple gaming tables down there. Maybe a couple. Maybe two or three of them. And I think they were playing Warhammer on one of them. A lot of Warhammer stuff, because that's obviously for gaming stores. That's their big thing and now. This, this is an old town? Yeah, it, it, it is. It's If you're on green, it's the next light east, one or two lights east of Fair Oaks. Okay. Okay. There's a cigar store on the opposite corner. No, not getting it. No, I, I'm trying to picture what used to be there. I think it was. A, I think it like, was. A, there's a, like a Gelson's across the street. No, no Gelson's way down the other direction. Okay. This is great for everyone. I know. Yeah. But anyway, the only reason I bring this up is they have a whole second floor that's nothing but gaming tables. That's cool. Big, nice gaming tables. And I was looking at this place, and I'm like, how the hell are they affording rent here? Because that's a that's a high end rent area, yeah, high rent area. So it'd be interesting to see how long it's there. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. I mean, as, as long as we're we're pushing, you know, we're we're advertising for for game stores as that, we always that should. don't pay that don't pay us as we always should. May, may I? Of course. Okay. So uh, in Santa Clara, up in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. um, Elusive Comics and Isle of Gamers have just remerged into Elusive Comics and Games. They are on Stevens Creek Boulevard there in Santa Clara, and they are fantastic. They are, they're a great uh, comic shop. They're a great games shop. They've just built out this huge new space that's going to have... Uh, they're, they're still still building it, right. uh, but it's open. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, they'll have open gaming tables. They have wonderful displays, all, the, you know, all your comics that you want. They'll mail your comics to you if you're not in the area, because my wife was getting comics mailed from her fr- from them for... Quite some time. Oh, cool! Um, I know Tyler King is a big, big fan oh, yeah. of them as well. So yeah. Tyler, who used to be on the show, right? Exactly. Fairly that. regularly. Well, I mean, Tyler's a big anything, so but he is a big fan. Yes. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, and uh, if you, if you go and say hi to Anna or Mark, who are the owners, there you go. Tell them Happy Jack sent you. We love local gaming stores. Yes, you won't get a discount, but tell them we sent you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
Or maybe you will. Who knows? Who knows? That's true. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so you're in the giant gaming complex. <laughs> <laughs> And a new recruit is coming down from from the gamer lodges, <laughs> down to where the games are, because I don't want to say it's a convention because convention games are different. Yes. About to, you're in the elevator, brand new GM. I'm about to GM for the first time. Can you give me some advice, Kurt? Go. Uh, my advice <laughs> is uh, run a system in a setting that you want to run. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't just like. It would be cool if somebody ran this game. I think my friends would like it. I'll run it because they want this kind of thing. No. Run a game setting and a system that you enjoy because <coughs> your your enthusiasm will be infectious. I have played games where the GM didn't really didn't really enjoy it. Didn't really enjoy that setting, and maybe didn't even fully understand it. it. Didn't probably probably didn't fully understand it, and it just it was a dead table, right? But your your enthusiasm will be infectious to your players. And so it run just, what you want to run. Chances are, if you run a game you want to run, you understand it thoroughly. Yes, which is helpful for everybody because it makes the game go by fast. Well, you've probably played it maybe multiple times and enjoyed yourself so yes. you have at least some experience with the system already. Yes. Yep. That's, a, that, that's a point that has not been brought up and it's very interesting because GM enthusiasm is one of those things that we talk about sort of <clears throat> on the sidelines but never directly. It's important. Yes. Because GM so. is also a player. In the sense that this is a game it's supposed to be fun. Right. The GM is also a player and the GM should also be having fun. He's the player with the most amount of work. Yes. He has to do. And so which it, means it, it can really be a, should be fun. It can be a thankless <laughs> job sometimes. And so it's a leading leading off that point, which is if you can find a game that you are enthusiastic about, it helps you maintain your enthusiasm through the slog of the busy work that is the uh, it is GMing. Because a lot of GMing is a lot of sort of bookkeeping, taking notes, and um, sheer mom- moments of panic. <laughs> sure. And and, and uh, uh, don't forget your winged trousers because you will be flying by the seat of your pants a lot. Right. But I think I I think the. Uh, the idea that, especially if you're GMing for the first time, you, I think you're absolutely you want to you want to you want to you want it to be something that you are already enthusiastic about. You don't want something that you might be enthusiastic about if the players are enjoying themselves. That's why the next game I'm going to be running is GURPS. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't loud enough, was it? No, it's fine. I'm just surprised you don't have it in your soundboard yet. <laughs> I don't need a soundboard. <laughs> True. So it, gonna, it, it's, it's not actually a conscious thing for him. It's a, it's a reflex It's action. one word now. It's GURPS, yeah. GURPS, yeah! There you go. That's, well, that's no, actually, but, but yeah, see, I think it, that it is a better. reflex, <laughs> because if I say GURPS... It, it got into the yellow. Yeah! <laughs> see? <laughs> but, I mean, the reason... I'm, and I'm, I'm running for two reasons. One, I enjoy the system. And two, I know it really well. There's little really bitty, well. there's there's little fiddly things where it's like I don't remember how this works. But then I'm like, I think this works this way. And I go and I look at the rule book. Hey, look, I was right. Yeah, but I'm gonna bet that those fiddly things are something that you completely leave out, like you know, falling damage. It's, you know, no, I was talking about like how initiative works, oh. like the real basic <laughs> stuff, kind of which yeah. might never come up because <laughs> people are real scared of, of getting well, yeah. in fights and herbs. Combat's freaking <clears throat> real. <clears throat> But I, the I'm only reason to be scared of combat and GURPS is if you are also scared of rolling up characters. <laughs> because if you are enthusiastic about combat, 
just realize that you're going to be playing multiple different characters in that campaign. Very likely. <laughs> very likely. GURPS is so simulationist and so real that if your character dies in the game, the player actually dies too. Yeah, it, it's oh, true. Not real. It's true. Oh, oh, I've okay. seen it happen multiple times. <laughs> That's and boy, our back when Bill and I were roommates, our backyard was packed. <laughs> <laughs> I had to buy a 12-pack of blue tarps. <laughs> it's that realistic. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> How but, much quick line? Never mind. I don't want to know. But the, <laughs> the real... Oh, should I? Oh, shit. <laughs> it's a good thing you sold that house. <laughs> oh, God. I live in that town. But, you know, <laughs> but the, the, re- the reason I'm running it, of course, is because I know it and because I enjoy playing the game. It moves yeah. quickly. That's a, that's a, one of the things that, that about most games, if they have uh, combat systems that really bog down and, and the action starts getting really, really, really slow, I start getting bored. Mm-hmm. It's like when I'm watching movies. Yeah. It's like I know there's going to be action scenes. I'm not a huge fan of action scenes. If they ha- if they took 5 seconds to to figure out who's going to win the fight, I'm fine with that. Or something that moves like John Wick where it's like all over the place and really quick and all one long really continuous shot and you're like, "Oh my god, that's cool looking how right. they do that." Some, yeah, I mean there's a, there's yeah. art to it that I can appreciate, but, but for the most part, like like most of the Avengers movies with the CGI robots after robots after robots after, and it's like, "Okay, yeah, you're all making very cool poses." Yeah. <laughs> but that's like 30 of them now and I'm done. So that that's the other reason. Um, but the other is the setting is I'm I'm because I'm, I've used the Elden setting in an actual play here, mm-hmm. right? And then the books I wrote, the Mandite series, all take place in Elden as well. Mm-hmm. This is going to take place about ten thousand years before that, when Elden was just a little part of a big empire. Wow! And okay. it's it's right. It's it's going to be called Slouching Towards Elden and it's about uh, the empire is the center cannot hold, as Yates would say. The <coughs> empire is starting to collapse. That's how it's starting. Are you crowdsourcing your next novels? Where, where? I am not. There are, I, I've, I've known writers who have done that. Oh, sure. Well, this, authors. Well, this is all prehistory. This yeah. is all 10,000 years ago. Mm. Where do I sign up? Uh, you have to talk to Kimmy. Kimmy's okay. the one that's going to be casting it. Okay, I'll talk to so, her. <clears throat> and, and, she, and I'm going to finish the vampire game first. Or they may run concurrently at some point. I don't, I'm not sure. But I'm still doing prep. Oh, and I'm, I forgot to mention... Uh, Obsidian Portal very graciously gave me a year subscription to their Obsidian Portal, um, and I'm trying. If you go to HappyJacks.org/slash/Obsidian, I think that is the um, that that g- takes you to the Obsidian Portal account for it, and you can sort of watch. There's a wiki basically because Obsidian Portal is kind of wiki based. Is it, did it come up? Slouching toward El- Elden. There you go. That's what it says. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of wiki based. So basically, you build these pages, and you, and you have hot links between them. So right now, I'm sort of creating the different locations. Because this is an empire, all fairly well explored. So it's like, okay, here's the major cities and towns. Here's the regions, the sort of the duchies and the kingdoms that belong within the empire, etc. So much fun. So that's what I'm doing now. But I'm also making locations... And I'm throwing in some information, like for my own, in the GM notes or in the secrets. That's like for my own mm-hmm. remembrances, because I'm not. I'm going to not use OneNote. I'm going to use Obsidian Portal for the thing. Cool. So <clears throat> they were gracious enough to give you a subscription. Yeah. You might as well use their product. Exactly. And I was just about to start doing the the world building for it anyway, and it's like, oh, I will just close OneNote. I'll do it in here for now and try this. <clears throat> and they've done a lot of improvements since the last time I was in there. 
Cool. Way e- easier to like link pages together nice. and stuff like that. So. Cool, cool, cool. But um. Oh, anyway, th- but what I was saying about the, the GURPS thing, that's m- the major reason is I wanted to get back to a game that I enjoy playing and I know very well. And I, you know, and, and one of the reasons that we wanted to do that, because Kimmy and I were co- sort of, um, not s- brainstorming, b- brainstorming, um, about what, what to kind of kickstart everything back into, back into gear once we go back live. And I thought, I talk about GURPS a lot and I've never run the only actual plays I've ever run have been one shots, and I've only done one or two of them. Mm-hmm. So I'll do an actual campaign of the thing. So excellent. And they just also just picked up Cortex Prime, which I've been looking at too. So Cortex Prime is a lot is a fascinating system. Yeah, uh, I I played in a game of that that Jib ran at a convention. Um, I think I, I, my mind is. I think maybe, that was back when it was in beta. Still, wasn't yeah, it, it was. Yeah. It was. <clears throat> but just the idea of assembling your dice pool out of different types of dice. Mm-hmm. It um there there it just based on what's pertinent to that scene right and and how you're approaching the issue it's like you know well the way I'm doing it is not necessarily the most mechanically advantageous way to do it but it's the way to do it for the scene so I get this die and right and it's uh, yeah no it's a it's a fascinating idea yeah I just got the book it just showed up last week so I've been kind of kind of yeah. paging through it so all right. Uh, our email is from Leatherneck. I will read it this time. Sure. Uh, I have a couple of short stories about kids spying on game night, gaming Whoa. night. I've been married for 32 years, humble brag, and I've been married for more than 20 years, if you count all of the marriages together. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. You're not bragging. You're actually just looking for sympathy. <laughs> that's one of the joke. That's one of the warm up jokes. I'm going to tell it fair if we ever have a fair. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, have you been married? Oh yeah. I've been married for 20 years. If you add all the marriages. <laughs> Can you children? Some of them were. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Oh. This is this is the difference between doing it live and doing it over Slack. <laughs> And, ga- oh. and gained a 15-year-old daughter uh, with the Blessed Union. Of course, shortly after the marriage, I had to host a gaming session for my friends in my new home's basement family room. That's the best thing about the Midwest, is the basements. Basement. Back east, yeah. Any place that doesn't have earthquakes. Really. It has nothing to do with earthquakes. Because up in Oregon, big basements. You could- yeah, I don't think it has to do with, ba- with it, earthquakes. It has I mean, that, that's probably why we don't have them. Well, tornadoes. To with, it has to do with frost. Has to do with freezing winters. Really? Yes. This is not a conversation. Okay. All right. Now. <laughs> but I, I mean, torn- also, places that have tornadoes tend to have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that we don't it, get tornadoes here. It's more go to the basement because there's a tornado, not build a basement because there are tornadoes. I would build a basement if I lived someplace sure, that had tornadoes. Absolutely. If I was going to start anyway, <laughs> during the evening. I noticed movement in the room next to the family room. It's a rat. And a girl's eyeball peeking at us through the gap between the bifold doors. Is that like the bifrost doors? Yes. Um, the rainbow colored. <laughs> the daughter kept sneaking downstairs and a back way from a, in a back way to the basement bedroom to peek at us. I thought she might be interested in gaming and asked her about it the next day. She thought what we were doing was stupid, quote unquote. But my friend Dan was dreamy because he looked like Elvis Presley. <laughs> All right. Fortunately, that was short-lived. 
The second story uh, of a child is Dan's, who was the Elvis person in person. Okay. Right. Thank you very much. Oh, um, I'll leave the bottle of sand. Oh, thank you very much. Hey, did he do weddings and did he do yours? <laughs> <laughs> he, he had a closed off basement room for gaming. Again, on the basement. Large table and comfortable chairs. Um, he had married a few years before and gained two sons. The oldest was about 10 or 11. The boy was curious about what we were doing. However, his father wanted an adult night and sent him to play in another room. Uh, forgetting what it was like to be that young and wanting to hang out with the adults, we forgot about him, and he kept on trying to take, as we kept on trying to take out the big bad. Within a round of AD&D combat, I heard a crunching sound on the wall behind me. A one-inch spade drill bit slowly grinded in way, grinded its way through the wall paneling between a fellow gamer and I. A, a bit... <laughs> The bit completed the hole, withdrew, and was replaced with an eyeball. The two of us on that side of the table shared a smile and didn't say anything. The mysterious eyeball would reappear every so often during the game. Uh, You happy jackers often talk about gaming with children. Sometimes the fun is their participation when they aren't at the table. P.S. Later we found out the boy had used a vintage hand crank drill. I have my grandfather's... Like a brace. Yeah, yeah. 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 I have one of those up up in my attic. Oh my god, the pain in the ass to use. (laughs) A lot of control. Yeah, but... Sometimes too much. Don't... (laughs) Don't don't try to drill through uh, maple with it. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Or just pack a lunch. You're going to be there a while. (laughs) Uh, Vintage hand crank drill, believing it wouldn't we wouldn't notice if, if he went slow enough. And he might have been right. Yeah. Uh, Dan now looks more like a fat Elvis. <laughs> but oh. at least he has some Elvis looks on his side. My kids won't. My kids are, they, they, can't, they won't look like Elvis. No, they, 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 how often do they sneak in here to watch what's happening? Has anyone ever seen them do that? I mean, they'll come in here to, like, Zachary, I was, my arm was like this. And then... <laughs> <laughs> get those they, things. Most of they come in when they want your credit card. That when they're or, hungry. Or food, yeah, yeah, just <laughs> credit card. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah. The, although two weeks ago they 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 like let's play D anD D. It was a Saturday. I'm like, okay. I'm like, do you guys want to play actual D anD D or can we play like an OSR clone, <laughs> which will take a tenth of the time to make the characters, <laughs> and it's right. like right. system systematically pretty much the same game. And they're like, well, oh, we haven't played D anD D. Okay, books, character sheets. Forty-five minutes later, characters are done. They're tired. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Just like, like any gaming group, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, we're done with character gen. I'm done. So the next, what I did is I went. I found a website <clears throat> that does has like pre-gen characters oh, cool. for fifth edition. I just did a Google search, and this guy ma- made a website where you put in what class you want and what. Uh, what, yeah, what class and what level, mm-hmm. and it just gives you a randomly generated character. That's very cool. Dig it. So I, I don't think don't think it gives you a name, so you can still like make the character kind of yours. But I was thinking, you know what? I just I can just print out like every class fifth level characters because that's when yeah. they start becoming better. Yeah, that's where they start becoming interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, and opens up the possibilities. And I can just hand them to them and say, "There's a character." And it's you know they're all fairly right. optimized. Here's five bards. Here's five rangers. Here's five fighters. Pick one, and then name them. And then name them. 
Assuming we'll they ever want to do that again. Right. Well, they they might. They might. I mean, who, who knows? After this is over, they might go, hey, we want to play. I'd be like, okay, we can play. Cool. I'm down. So, did it, what, what about what about your kids in gaming? I never really... Uh, I think I gamed for my oldest one once. I think I ran a little adventure for her and her friend once. And then... And she's been on the... Uh, right, but right. later on, she just decided that she was into gaming. She did it in college. Uh, she just on her own. She was self nerding. She just decided, you know, because and I think it's because it's just sort of normalized in our household. I don't push it on them, but you know, Dad's got a bunch of gaming books, and every weekend he goes off to Stu's house to game, and and then he gets on these podcasts, and then you know, we've all worked this Renaissance Fair thing, so it's just not. It, it's always been around, and it's not out of the norm. And it's like, well, yeah, if you can game if you want or not. My youngest decided that she wanted to do. They started like doing these little live Zoom podcast things before Zoom was really even a thing, and they would role play these characters out, stuff that either from shows they watched or things they made or from games they made, and they would sort of role play these out, and then it slowly morphed into one of them or, or a couple of them running D and D adventures. Now I don't listen in, so I don't know how closely they're following the rules or anything. They might be playing loose and fast, but they all get online and game and you know do what we do. They have sodas and laugh, and there's combat. And my youngest has been co-gming with another friend of hers for her friends on Zoom. So they've self-nerded, but I've never actually sat in to see exactly what they're doing. Now my oldest has, she's now 25, yeah, 25. So she's not really a kid anymore, and games regularly. Uh, has hung out with us. Has uh, you heard her oh, on the cast cool. now and again? Yeah, she's cool. But um, when she was in college, she had a gaming group up there and was really upset, really hated it. Recently, she's been gaming with a bunch. But of she persevered. She did. She was actually really burned out on it. Was a GM game and or it was a D and D game, and the GM was okay, but there were some other players. It just it, again, it's one of those great examples of like this is the only game in town, literally. So this is the game I'm playing. Anyway, she, it left a bad taste in her mouth, but recently she's been playing with a bunch of Happy Jack people, including some of the people from JackerCon, and she's been playing a Masks game, and really enjoyed the system, really enjoyed the, the you know, superhero thing. It's, I think it's the first time she's had a long-running campaign that isn't fantasy D&D based, mm-hmm. and has really, really enjoyed that. Um, I don't want to put too many words into her mouth, but she was, she's really, it almost feels like she's uh, reignited her love of gaming again, after the bad time she had in college. Good. That's excellent. So, yeah, but I don't like I, I know I never sat my kids down and said you guys will learn to no child of mine is not going to know how to play a game. <laughs> they just it's just been there and they just did it. And yep. now again, we I've never really run a game in my house. I think I ran one, maybe two when I was uh, uh, prepping for a con. Just uh, Dave and I we got together and we we pre-ran a game just to see. How long it would run, and see if the wheels came off, and see where the holes were, so that you know. Because when you're at a con, you really got to streamline the game. You can't just. Well, I hope it works. I hope it works out to four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's unfortunately how I usually run them. <laughs> well, usually you got in your back pocket, you got something to lengthen it or to shorten it. Well, <laughs> yes, and you usually end up using both. Yes, <laughs> or you go to the bathroom and come up with it again. But yes, I mean, and especially if it's a system, we're not. I think we were doing Tales from the Floating Vagabond, and we weren't. It's a simple system, but we weren't entirely sure how it would work because it was a really quirky. So anyway, we had to run. That's my point. So they watched that sort of happening, and there you go. All right, Uh, I got a message here that I totally forgot to put in the thing, which I should have. This is from Kurt. Um, What? There's so many different Kurt. Kurt with a C. So many. Well, okay, he spells it wrong, but okay. 
Uh, Ahoy crew, now hear this. <clears throat> Captain Curtis Jackson up in Homer, Alaska, here to offer offer a... Oh, sorry. He, he does not spell it wrong because his name is Curtis. But this is actually one of the people that my daughter's been playing with. Oh! <laughs> Thank you, Leatherneck, for the email. Thank you, Leatherneck. All right. Uh, a, brief, a brief missive, which is not spelled correctly, on the status of JackerCon 2021. Mm. An update shout-out on my gaming with this beautiful community, a question for the crew, and finally, a gaming horror story. Uh, JackerCon 2021, uh, that's just how the story goes. Oh, I see what you did there. Um, celebrating the Grand Stuba's ignominious ignominiousness on his... We capitalize H and his. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> on his! <laughs> I'm sure he was doing it on a boat, on a phone. <laughs> Which is why he misspelled if missive. A, if it's the Kurt that I'm thinking it is, it is, then yeah, he was like on a rocking boat out in the middle of the North Sea, sending something as an right. update, diving so. in with a with a dagger between his teeth, Cut the collecting man some slack, dude, crab, He's, yeah, <laughs> the deadliest catch, the deadliest catch. <laughs> um, on his birthday week and the glorious and the glory of the community he hath created. Oh boy, um, uh, this will be orga- organized over Discord. Um, the dates are July 16, 17, and 18. That's next week. Isn't that two weeks? It is next week. It is next week, yeah. Um, please find a game to be a player in if you are planning on running a game. Players are always in short supply. Uh, this That's what happens when you create a show to grow the number of GMs in the hobby. And if you're a G- mo- usually GM, if you can get an opportunity to play under a, a GM you haven't haven't played with before... You always end up getting a little nugget of uh, how someone does something differently. It's maybe it's a thing you'll never do. Yeah, maybe it's you learn what not to do. But very often, it's like, <laughs> that was interesting. That's not the way I do things, and it w- end up working out well. I mean, I've, It is. It's a total eye-opener, and, yeah. and it will revolutionize the way you run a game. Yep. Even yep. one game with somebody else. It's mm-hmm. just, it, you're outside your bubble, all of a sudden, you're like, oh my god, there's a whole other way to solve that right. problem. Uh, updates on the Facebook community, Discord, and Twitter... Uh, it is a let's see. Look, l- look forward to gaming with you all. A shout out to GM Micah and fellow Great Great Lander Alaskan on a year long pandemic uh, campaign of masks. Micah ran a fantastic game. Oh, uh, JackerCon dot com. Let me look. JackerCon's unique enough that I bet if you just Google JackerCon, it'll oh. come up. It's not Jackercon.net? Uh, I, mean, I don't even know if they're using they this don't, anymore. They don't, I don't oh, know if they have it. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever put it up. It's basically it just through Twitter or Facebook. So. All right. Mike ran a fantastic campaign and managed to wrangle high-profile jackers into the game. It was a real joy to get to game with the likes of Adam, Joey, Jason, Jim, and Emily of the Stork Clan. We were just talking about. Yep. A uh, beautiful testament to this incredible decade-plus-old community of Happy Jacks. The great 21st century plague has brought in all of its darkness, a real embarrassment in the sheer number of games for me. In the past, I've played several D&D campaigns, Tales from the Loop, Masks, Savage Worlds, Pathfinder, Traveler, Alien, and I... Uh, I haven't had a similar level of gaming happen since my college years. A question for those on the show. What is your current favorite campaign you either run or played in? Um, what made it What made it your favorite? 
And then fi- uh, we'll go back to that. And then finally, a gaming horror story. I call it Call of Cthulhu, a LARP of sanity loss. <laughs> it oh, was no. the oh, aforementioned no. college years. And I had been wanting to play Call of Cthulhu, but most of my gaming crew were hardcore Gygax cultists. So I went and finally found a game that was run by the archaeology postdoc. We shall call him Dr. Steve. Wait, 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 wait. Call of Cthulhu run by an archaeologist. This I can think of no way that in which is, this could possibly end badly. But it, no, this <laughs> thing ever. It could also get real navel gazing. Mm, it could be. Yeah, I'm going to make an archaeology roll. Okay, you've uncovered one line. <laughs> <laughs> I have actual cartouches here oh, for you God. to decipher. I'll be in the other room until you're done. Here, Trevor, I've, this is for I've, you. I've caked in the sediment. Here's your brush. That would actually be kind of a, a cool prop. It would be. <laughs> I remember as a kid there were these like carving kits. They were made out of wax, like a rock, like a it was like a like a log. Oh and yeah. And you would carve away this wax log, and there'd be like a bird or something underneath, right? Right. It'd be, something like that would be really kind of cool if you could make like a a non Euclidean geometric uh, Cthulhu monster, and you carve away the rock. And, oh my God! What is it? A ball relief. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow! Am I glad I missed the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> right, Bronco used to sell them. Okay. Um, uh, Doctor Steve, see, he says we'll call him Doctor Steve. Steve, no, you said we'll call him Doctor Steve. <laughs> Doctor Steve would lurk behind a personally crafted GM shield, upon which he had scribed dozens of inscrutable rules and random bits of information. Wait till you see my GURPS GM shield. <laughs> no. But while he lurked, he would scratch and scratch at his arms. Oh, he's got that... Yeah, okay. I don't know. Having a small home... Having a small-town Hoosier, Indiana origin story, I had never been around a heroin addict before, but quickly learned that this is what I had found in Dr. Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) His characters all had the same lulling drone when they spoke, and the other players at the table would nod and speak in a similar drone while Dr. Steve scratched. Being my first call of Cthulhu game, I had created an Indiana Jones ripoff that I'd used dynamite in all of his archaeological digs. <laughs> my first call of Cthulhu was an Indiana Jones ripoff as well. I think uh, our first one, everybody was archaeologists that had some sort of gimmick a whip, a gun, frisbees. I, I, I actually know an archaeologist who at one point went by the name Indiana Bones. Because <laughs> that movie, those movies. First of all, Raiders, one of the greatest movies ever yes, made. Yes, absolutely. Made archaeology cool. Yes. And now all of a sudden, every nerdy archaeologist, because let's face it, they are. They yes. Are, is now, you know, going to be cool. I'm going to exploit this coolness for yes. as long as I can. Right. Yes. I am, I am, I also am not typically the most subdued person at the table. This annoyed Dr. Steve to no end. Killing his buzz. <laughs> I guess oh, I don't man. know if it's called a buzz with smack. I don't know what it's called. Parsing your mellow. I guess. Is it a mellow? I don't know. I know. Don't you bomb it? I've never had taken heroin. I'll, next time I'm <laughs> next time I'm chasing the dragon, I'll uh, I'll make sure I take copious notes. This annoyed Doctor Steve to no end. I think my archaeologist made it all of two hours in the session before he was eaten by ghouls. The last thing I remember before I was running for the door was GM Doctor Steve scratching scabs off his arms and eating them. Oh, the days before the X card. <laughs> you know, this guy actually turns into like an actual Call of Cthulhu character himself. He's got scabby heroin arms and just like something trying to claw his way out of him. I mean, you were, this is like a LARP. 
This is no. This was no Call of Cthulhu actual game. Roll a d10. Roll d10 sanity loss. I think I rolled a ten that night. You're welcome. Yeah, that's crazy. JackerCon 2021. See you on the discords. P.S. Scabs being eaten at the gaming table. Gaming with active drug, drug addicts. That gotta be weird to begin with. Yes. I don't know if I've noticed. I've never met. I don't think I know any smack addicts or have have known any smack addicts. Mm, we might have. I we might I don't have know. smack. Well, I don't know any active speed. <laughs> well, that's not smack. No, that's true. <laughs> the speed. Yeah, meth. Sure. I've seen. Pl- I've met plenty of people. I work in the transportation industry. <laughs> um, shout out to the new Paladins, Halcyon City, Mightiest Heroes. Halcyon City's Mightiest Heroes. Oh, that's the game. So, so anyway, Jackercon uh, next weekend. Um, Sign up. Sign up. We're all used to gaming remotely. This will be basically the same thing now. Exactly. But this has been going. This has ten years of of uh, inertia behind it too. The momentum, I should say, and uh, that that boggles my mind. <laughs> yes. It might be an understatement to call it inertia. Momentum. <laughs> uh-huh. Momentum. Mo- maybe. They're essentially the same thing. Uh. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you, Kurt. Yeah. And thank you for organizing that. Yes. Um, oh, all right. The world building deal. All right. Uh, let me find. My I can actually, since I have mine written down, I can just go for it. Copy paste go it to you. If go you ahead want. and start. Or just, yeah, just email it to me, and I'll share just add the, it in. Share the document. How big is it? Oh, that's two, not big. Okay. Two, You're two, good. One and a half paragraphs. All right, Kurt, go. All right. At a triple border of three nations. Mm-hmm. Within a great plain lies a region where life is different. The three nations bordering this feature refer to it by different names. The Cauldron, Kessel, Kazan. While the surrounding area is rich and fertile, the Cauldron supports unique and distinct life in fantastic variety, superlative capacity. Depending on which nation you ask, there are three different myths about this place. All agree that it was once a perfect circle, but that it has changed over time. One myth asserts that this region is the font of all life, whence new life comes and from which life spread across the world. Mm -hmm. A second believes Kazan to be a gateway to the underworld, to hell itself. The third professes that Kessel will one day grow to a massive mountain and an ancient entity shall return to sleep beneath it. Regardless of the story, the three nations at this triple point both do and do not claim it as their own, each patrolling around the distinct edge along their own, within their own borders. <clears throat> That's how you pitch it to your players. Right. <laughs> the area is a volcanic caldera that was once a massive mountain that exploded. It seeded the entire region with rich ash and soil, while the caldera itself was filled with mud and ash that supports unique life not found outside its rim. The rim is easily identifiable, but not because it rises high above the plain, only because the transition in life is so jarringly abrupt. Okay. Cool. Excellent. Do email that. I'll share the doc with you. Storkus? 
Mine's sort of a bit more of a general sort of setting thing. Mm-hmm. In your world, around, let's say, one of the big capital cities, let's say it's the, the most prosperous city, the New York or the Los Angeles of your world, the it's, it's a long-established city with lots of rich history, and they have their infrastructure is fantastic. They have paved highways. Uh, every 12 miles or so, which is about the distance a person can walk or by horseback, there is a little way stations where you can stay and camp. There's water. There's wood. You're, the rule is that if you stay at a way station, you pack up and, and, and re- restock. Uh, and there's also because it's bordered by some non or some necessarily not so civilized lands, there are border patrols that include usually a mage of some sort that <coughs> travel around, and they they patrol these main highways and roads. Now, the further you get away from the capital, the less maintained they are, but they're still there, and you'll run into more sort of wilding wilding patrols. Mm-hmm. And it's not just your typical patrol of fighters. Like I say, there is usually a magic user of some sort, ranger, bard. Could be a full-on sorcerer, could be a magic that travels with some other people as well. So if your players were to encounter them, they're not just going to be muscle-headed, sword-wielding idiots. They're actually trained patrols. Which then begs the question, where do these patrols are? Where are they housed? How are they trained? How are they hired? Your players could actually work. How are they funded? How are they funded? Your players could actually work for this big city that then employs you to, to patrol the borders. So it's kind of a general sort of, you've got a very organized... Very old um, city state that uh, has got great infrastructure and great organization and great wealth. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you, you as a GM can fill that in as you want, whether they're how do they get their wealth, how do they, um, and maybe perhaps later on I'll build on that. Okay. All right. All right. Mine is a, a place called the Dragon Spy uh, Valley. And this is a very very large valley um, surrounded by mountain ranges but I mean wide where like at one end you really can't see the other probably 100 miles maybe maybe more big vast area used to be the cradle of civilization at some point Um, it is no longer that Uh, people who come up to the sort of the rim's edge of this from whichever side they come at uh can see that it is it, it you know it's overgrown lush clearly at one point it was you know very lush farmlands you can even spy if you get a, if you get a uh, spyglass out you can see uh, ruins of, of cities and villages and things like that and it is the only place on the planet where you can see dragons what what kind of um is this like a tropical jungle is this like a it it, uh, it, it is Probably at this point, getting back toward a tropical. It probably at some point it was more like a grasslands. Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting a very Angkor vibe. Off I don't know, Angkor. Angkor Wat in from Thailand. Thailand uh, reclaimed the, by the jungle. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Trees growing. Out yeah. Walls. I mean, it started out as a, as like a. <clears throat> it w- it probably was civilization at one point. Okay. <clears throat> Which Angkor was. Yeah. Okay, and then it, it basically the, yeah, the nature sort of reclaimed it. Nature may have also reclaimed it because there are at least two dragons living in this vast valley area. Um, because there are ruins, people often like to go to them to see if they can get stuff, and often they do, but some of them don't come back out. Mm-hmm. Um, the other strange thing is that 
in all of recorded history, because no one really remembers what civilization this was, in recorded history, people have been able to see these dragons there, but they never leave that valley. And okay. no one knows why. So there's mine. And what's it called? Dragon Spy Dragons, Valley. Dragon Spy Valley. Nice. I have a, a, a question for you. Mm-hmm. It's actually about... Would you call it Bridgerton or? or mm-hmm. um, that's a, that's a, for those just tuning in. That's the city that was literally built on this yeah. ridiculously wide. Bridge. I love the idea. <clears throat> I, I, I absolutely love the idea. Um, uh, the uh, the question I have. This is your you, civil you engineering question. No, 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 okay. no, it's not. <laughs> Amazingly okay. enough, it's not. Okay. Um, I have no problem with how the build the, the the bridge is constructed or the town built on it. I have no okay. problem with that. You've described how sometimes people go down in boats and go under. They the used to. They used to. Right. But now they don't come out. Right. So has this effectively put a dam on the river? No, the so, water still flows. No, I understand that. Yeah. But you're talking about trade. But for yeah, for commerce, for trade, for traveling downstream or upstream, for that matter, that people yes. can no longer. You have to. You have to. Disembark at Bridgerton. Disembark. Walk to the other end of town. Portage and 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 go come back downstream of the river. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Interesting. Now, um, the life in the river, like uh, fish, assuming, mm-hmm. um, can they pass? Under the well, there's prop. Maybe there's maybe. fish on both sides. I mean, no one's like taking a fish and painted an X on it. <laughs> <laughs> in the river. So there's the, something your players might do, right? Because <laughs> it's, it's funny. I, I've been thinking about Bridgerton, and I could see the water being pristine going into Bridgerton with all sorts of fish and wildlife, and coming out, it's just a foul sewage. Or, or exactly the opposite. Ooh, yeah, good. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be, Ima- imagine it's be, like the Thames, right? But like. 19th, 18th century Thames. Right. But and downstream, like, everybody's shitting into the river. You know? They've all got just open holes into their houses that yeah, go right into the yeah, river. No, they that, probably do. Yeah? Right. yeah? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Cholera? <laughs> that's a good reason. That's <laughs> why they cleaned up the Thames. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I dig both of those, both Bridgerton and uh, Dragon Spy Valley. Those are cool. Yeah, I mean, it. I can, total, I can that, totally that people, cool. I can totally see adventurers going up. Well, why doesn't anybody go into their town? It's like, sir, all of our toilets open up into a hole down there. Nobody's going to go under the town. Why would you want to go under there? You're just going to get shit on by a thousand people. <laughs> well, they're probably but I'm shit on by a thousand <laughs> people up here. What will be the difference? <laughs> they're, they're probably goes there <laughs> before before the boat started disappearing. There probably was a path or some way that you could navigate around the shitholes. Ga- I would imagine uh, maybe a gap in the center of the bridge that allowed. Oh, like, that could be that, that allowed. Oh, I just like right I just like the idea of somebody going into the boat and there's like a thousand points of light and then it's just raining shit constantly. <laughs> but there and might so you have to do a, like a like a maybe, survival roll maybe to there get was through a map. unscathed. Yeah, or but but everybody's got houses, right? There's but you're not. No, <laughs> maybe the toilets are spaced and there. Maybe there is a route. Maybe you there's can a take building code <laughs> to, to not get shit shat upon. <laughs> It's entirely possible. It is, I guess. And there might be. Oh, you got to you got to watch. You know, Mister McKennison's house because he bursts <laughs> or whatever. Stay away from the tannery district because oh. it's just a constant waterfall oh, no. of effluent. Oh, no. <laughs> 
But I do find it very disconcerting that, but uh, downstream on the downstream side of the city, when the water comes out, it come does come out pristine. That's very interesting. <laughs> Why? What's down there and what's eating That's all of that? All of that. Yeah. <laughs> you adding that to your notes? No, now? I'm I'm adding. I'm, I'm putting the 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 thing about the dragons. But see, again, this is this is kind of the the point behind this. Is that we've set up this wonderful little city thing, and then you as a GM can take it and expand upon it and add all this stuff. Because this is a great. That's exactly what this sort of world building sort of exercise is about. Is coming up with these little nuggets, and it's exciting, <coughs> and then you can take it and run with it. And I think one of the things that, mo- that I'm trying to do, and I think other people are, is there's a mystery to it. It's a mystery. What is the answer? Right. I don't know. Right. Do you don't know. need to actually answer all of those mysteries right now. Your players can come up with ideas. In fact, keeping it open-ended like this is, allows you as a GM to have more fun in the game. All of a sudden, your players want to go underneath Bridgerton. As, as a player, why wouldn't you, right? Right. So now you get to make that stuff up as you go. Right, it's fun for you because I don't know. It's fun for me. The world building part is the most exciting part of running a game. It is so. If you start solving ding, ding. all those problems ahead of yep. time, or if we solve it all ahead of time, you're not going to leave you any room to play around. Right. Don't answer all the questions. No. Yeah. Now, Kurt brought his um, props because Kurt has has also discovered the love for fake newspapers in in tabletop They're RPGs. They're not fake. I made them real. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> exist. No, fake in the fact that they're not actual... Well, they are yeah. newspapers, but they're... Yeah. You get what I'm saying. I yes. find and, a the good thing newspaper that template. I find interesting about this, which I never thought of doing before, because when I ever have a newspaper in a game, it's always uh, in an industrial or a post-industrial setting, right? Because it's, it, mm-hmm. it's... I mean, I... I your vampire game no. didn't. You did one for vampire, and we had that's po- that's post industrial. Oh, all right. I mean, I, I, well, not really industrial. I mean, if I, but I, I think about newspapers in terms of when we had them here on right. Earth, or, yeah. and it's like they, you know, they they date back to the 1600s, right? When the printing press came around, yeah. And it loved it, yeah. Pr- Prior to that, I, I never considered having a newspaper. Now, your your game is, is in the Eberron setting? It's in the Eberron setting. Uh, yes, I'm running Dungeons & Dragons. That's okay. Eberron, so, um, and we've had a lot of fun. I, I started running it uh, the, essentially the very beginning of the uh, lockdown. And uh, we've been running weekly since then, all remote. Um, it's been... It's been the highlight of our week for the last year and right. several months. So, um, <coughs> but yeah, so um, I, I I I took a tip from Stu, having you know used his journalism degree for something, right? Uh, <laughs> 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 um, uh, and I was like, oh, this is a really great idea because what I realized it was is it's block text that I don't have to read to the players. They can read it themselves. They can read it themselves. People here for you. People? Yeah. Are they wearing dark suits and sunglasses? No, they're like renters or something. Uniforms? Okay. Well, continue on. Yeah, I will. Sure. I will go see who was at my door. So, um, but yeah, I mean, my players are perfectly capable of reading for themselves. So, uh, I I just put the block text into newspaper format because the Eberron setting actually, the the I, I I've looked at. The third edition Eberron book. It's not organized this way, but the fifth edition Eberron book actually has um, uh, sidebars in the book. I remember those dis- that are formatted as newspaper articles, right? Or at least a like a 
a blurb, an anyway. anecdotal. An ane- yeah, but it's 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 always headed by you know at the top of the sidebar. It's like the voice of Thrain, yeah. or the Cornberg Chronicle, or you know whatever. It's like oh, that's a newspaper. It might be you know a, um, it might be a tabloid or a rag or something like that. <laughs> but you know it, it's hard to tell whether it's the New York Times or the Daily Mail, but um, so or the the Mirror, or the Guardian, whatever. Um, so, but. Yeah, the, the, yes, I could actually just copy paste mm-hmm. those into these, and so that they, if I needed to fill column inches, I didn't necessarily have to come up with a bear. And did you did you do you update them every every episode? Not every episode. I've done. Or as you go to town to town, there's a different set of of newspapers. With uh, different well, news. the fortunate thing is that the the Kornberg Chronicle is essentially like the is the paper of record for Eberron. So most of these are, in fact, the the. the Kornberg Chronicle. Show, show, um, show what they look like. Yeah, exactly. For those people, it looks like a newspaper. It, it looks like a, a I newspaper. Mean, this and is, sometimes this is all you've done, which is you didn't go crazy. There's not no. a lot of illustration. It's no, no, not, no, 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 no. It's no. not all like and, and you know, sometimes you get really big headlines. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like plot hook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You know, clue by four. Now, now let me ask you: Have have any the player characters? Done yet? Made it into the newspaper? Yes, excellent. Yes, they have. Um, they, they, you know, because the other thing, since this has all been uh, remote, yeah, I could send them PDFs, and I have posted PDFs on our, our, our where we store all of our digital. But I've also physically mailed copies of these to our to my players, so they actually look forward to going out to check the mailbox, right? <laughs> Something that's besides cool. bills. No, that's right? cool. And uh, when I've I've had some some guest players occasionally, like Tyler guested on, on the game for about two weeks, um, and I just mailed him all of the previous papers. It's like here's give you some some idea of where the world is right now, not mm-hmm. just like the gen- <clears throat> not just Keith Baker's idea of what the world is, but here's my version of the world where it is right now. Right. And all I had to do was just print out more of them. And, and put them in the mail. So, kind of in a way, it's it's your way of posting notes to your players. Yes, <laughs> and yep. setting up and throwing out some, casting out some plot hooks. Right. The other advantage, as well as giving them some backstory. Yes. The other advantage yeah. to this was the last one that I sent them, um, when I mailed it out. Uh, it was you know they they were staying in a in a tavern or inn, and uh, you know they were sort of like on the front. The doormat of their rooms when when they woke up in the morning. There's the the chronicle for me to read, and uh, the rogue who is essentially a spy. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he's an inquisitive, which is essentially a spy rogue. Um, he picks up the paper, and there's red. Like, I've written in red ink on the paper from his guild. organization, yeah. from his guild, essentially. <laughs> oh, cool. So that his version is different from everybody else's. Like, right. there's like circles on the on the newspaper of like, I would avoid this if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what's good for you, exactly. It's like this is particularly suspect according to our sources. You know? Right. <laughs> it's like you cool. you've just gotten information from MI6 <laughs> kind <laughs> of thing. Um, now, I, you know, this has also been a, a you know just an opportunity for me to write. Um, and between these and the um, the dreams that I've been writing for my players, um, because one of them has a trinket that gives her bad dreams, mm-hmm. um, and then just 
to think, of, well, you know, what else can I do that like, that is just it's different, but it it gives them an opportunity to have something physical, or even not physical, just text to 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 be able to pull information from that's not just me talking at them right. all the time. So they've found in a couple of places they found journal pages. Mm-hmm. Now, individual pages, not that big of a deal to, to come up with, right? But then uh, earlier this year, I had a lot of time on my hands to do nothing but write, because right. um, hospitalization sucks. <laughs> but so I wound up writing this, which is like half of a journal. It's okay. forty six pages. <laughs> that is a lot of stuff, and. <clears throat> I have not made individual versions of this physically for all the players, but you know I did give them a, a PDF of, of this, and they're like reading through it, and they're like, "Oh, oh, wait, that's that's my friend. What? How is?" <laughs> so there's like little bits in there. It's like, how well do you? Well, how, how good is your reading comprehension? <laughs> and it's it's amusing because my my little sister is in the game, and so she is of the opinion that you know. Because she's playing a dwarf barbarian, he doesn't read. Right. She read them all. Right. <laughs> he can read, but he he, he only doesn't. reads in dwarvish. He doesn't know common. Yeah. No, he knows he knows oh, common. Okay. He, he can read. It's just that he doesn't. All right. Right. <laughs> it's not that he can't. And like it's like he's read the paper, but he hasn't it's read bothersome. through this. He hasn't read through this. So she's she's having to deal with the 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 meta knowledge of I know what's in this journal, but there's no reason why my character would have read through all of that. Yeah. <laughs> all that why would I read through the scribblings of someone I've never met? Right, right. exactly. <laughs> takes away from sharpening my ox. Exactly. So yeah. Uh it, it's been it's I, been a lot of fun. I love little journal things, right? Yeah. And in fact, uh, I did a I did a freak show game where there was a journal. And in mm-hmm. fact, I think I gave it to you. And there was a little substitution. Code yes, in substitution there. cipher. Yeah, it was which was a lot of fun. And those yep. things can be kind of fun. Dave Kazay, I did a game with him for a couple episodes, and he came up with a full. He bought a journal. Filled the entire thing. Yeah. There's little pockets in there with other little codes yeah. and stuff. That was so. The that's goddamn dedication. Yeah. No, that because he yeah. hand wrote this whole yeah. fucking and thing. It was awesome. Except I'm in the I'm in the game reading the journal. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, well, exactly. Is it my turn? Um, <laughs> that, that, uh, I want to do. And, and as awesome as it was, I found myself uh, split because the journal yeah. is fascinating and yeah. there's a lot of information in there. But uh, and I could have taken it home and read it on my own time, but. There's stuff in there you also just want to be in the moment with the other characters and things. It, it's a double-edged sword. You need to figure out a way to parse it out and keep it simple enough. Yeah. As much as I love them, I love this stuff. Yeah. But I will sit at your table and read your journal <laughs> and not game. So the, 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 the other fun bit is when you when I throw things like this at it, and this is one of the last individual journal pages they found, which was you know it's yeah. handwritten everything, but it's. The blood stain stuff like that, and and I actually managed to make it so that on the other side it's a mirror. You printed up the blood, didn't you? You like photoshopped all the way through, (laughs) (laughs) and it makes it harder to read the text. Red food coloring mixed with a little bit of uh, it. I it was Microsoft Word, man. I just it's just a a, a look at it. Image. He just he just it's just a JPEG in the document. You don't have you don't have a razor blade. 
so old school. Okay, look, I look you, you know, did in fact actual actually, blood on the page. You did in fact actually line it up. It is lined up perfectly. Yeah, I'm just gonna. That's show crazy. For the people too. Yeah, so, so it dedicated. makes it hard to read. And my players have actually told me it's like, okay, so these handwritten ones. It's hard to read. Can you send it to me as a PDF so that oh. I can, ch- or you know, Zoom so I can change, so I can change the font to something I can read? I'm like that defeats <laughs> yeah. the purpose. Exactly. It's supposed to. Now be is that a font? Or, yeah, it's, that's, it's just it's just a, a font that looks. It's just like, a font that looks like handwriting. Yeah. Does it look like shitty handwriting where it is hard to read? It's no, like, it's very easy to read. Yeah, and then this is just it's written by a different author, so it's a different handwriting font. Ariel, no, uh, <laughs> but yeah. I so. see, and I dig that too. It's I, I just I guess all of this for a completely remote game, right? <laughs> all I, of these physical props. Now, did you mail this out, or did you? No, I only because this one, one you those. actually hand bound. I hand bound that. Yeah, I, I, I have not. That's why I haven't mailed out physical right. copy of this one. But I, I, I showed them. It's like no, it does exist. You know, see, you, my question about this, because because I, I, now I'm thinking, well, maybe I can't. Maybe in my group's fantasy game, I could have a newspaper because I wasn't yeah. going to do anything like that. Because you think. Old fantasy, you you think printing press is your is your required technological advance to have a newspaper, Except right? You're in a world full of magicians, and you know, right? Well, even even so, how many magicians are going to go? You know what? I'm not copying your fucking newspaper anymore unless you start paying me a lot of money. Well, that might get the guy to say, you know what? I'm going to invent a printing press, or who knows? Yeah. But yeah, but the, the the ramifications of having a printing press is more than you have newspapers. And it, there's a societal True. change that happens when you have a printing press. True. It suddenly becomes a lot cheaper to own books. Any book. True. Because it wasn't hand-copied by someone. Yes. That brings into question secret mage information. Because especially since I'm using GURPS, I'm going to be using the GURPS magic system, which is basically every spell is a skill, right? And there's a shit ton of spells. <clears throat> the way you control whether players can learn, player characters can learn spells or not, or is whether or not they have access to them. Yeah. Having access to them when you have a printing press might yeah. be, it might make it easier to be able to learn spells because there could be more copies of things out there. Yeah. What one other note for anybody who finds this incredibly daunting? Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, they're except for one of them, they're only one sided. Right. Um, I used legal size paper because I had it. So eight and a half by fourteen for those who don't know what letter and legal size are. Um, uh, eight and a half by fourteen, and and but I had it and I could fill that much. It's only about seven hundred fifty words per. Right. So it's it's like each one has about three articles, which are only about two hundred fifty words. It's it's not that much. It's that much when you do nine of them. <laughs> but I mean, if if you're if you're going to do you know if you just do it as an eight and a half by eleven, you can probably chop two hundred words off of that. Well, okay, and still fill the page. Since you're talking about logistics, did you yeah. find a template somewhere, or did you make no. your own? No, I made my own. Okay, because that was the thing that I was looking for. I was casting about trying to find a really nice old timey newspaper template that I could just yeah. yeah. No, I, I I just I just made my own. Yeah, I know there might be some out there. I know there are, I know there, there are. are templates out there for uh, telegraphs. Yes, or there te- are telegrams. They are. There, <coughs> telegrams. There, there are, in fact, you. C- there are still services where you can still send telegrams. That's awesome. They're ridiculously expensive. I bet. 
The nice thing well, you have to have the guy in the suit with the little black hat. Telegram for you. Yes, that guy yeah. ain't cheap. But it, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's like t- I, I actually priced it out because uh, uh, years ago Sending I was a running, Telegram for a game. I, yeah, because I was running I was running a game set in World War One. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what What would it cost for me to actually send a telegram to one of the players? So I looked it up and it was like, it was like a base price of eighteen dollars. Plus whatever the text a was, a buck a word or whatever. Well, no, it wasn't quite a buck a word because it's it, it's, it's they don't actually, actually have to do it over. Yeah, you know, that's but, true. But it was like <laughs> the base price of eighteen dollars for the plus some amount for for length, but it would look like a Western Union telegram. <clears throat> and does it? How do they deliver it? Do they mail I it? I don't know because I, once I figured <clears throat> out the price, I was I I was like, no, never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to do this. So I just found like images of telegrams and and oh, printed, yeah. printed on them the whole thing. I like, wonder who's the, using it. I I don't know. In a world where there's email, I, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, or, right? and also that, where where. If I, you know, if I send these out to my players, they get them in at most two days in right. the mail, mm-hmm. right? The whole point of the telegram was that it was faster than the mail, which is significantly faster than the mail. Right. And, you know, yeah, okay, it's still faster than the mail, but it w- mail doesn't take two weeks to get across the country anymore. It only takes... A couple days, days yeah. yeah. exactly. Maybe a week. Right. I mean, all of my players are in California, but they're spread between San Diego and Sacramento. Right. So it's like, it's a, it's a bit of a spread. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, what, a 600-mile spread, 600-700-mile right. spread between the players. Um, and But it's still, I mean, it doesn't take that long to send a, a, a letter, and it costs me... Fifty cents, per. right? About <laughs> give or take a penny. Yeah, so anything you can do to support the postal system. <laughs> uh, Stu actually, right. this last vampire game, upped his ante and actually made a like a, a digital newspaper, mm-hmm. and you also had links that worked. So I clicked on a couple of your links that you had at the bottom of your newspaper, and it took me to more information about fire. Yes, yeah. and other stuff too. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's another thing that you could do. It's like just you could design it as a web page, like Stu did, and then Los Angeles Intelligencer dot yeah, yeah. I think it was it's called. really cool. Well, it, it's uh, when you had the um, the um, protection game, right? Yeah, um, and and you had you actually had a, a what is protection dot com, which right. no longer exists. It, lapped, it got lapsed, right? Um, <clears throat> but uh, I you know since. I work at a place with a sign shop. You somewhere you probably yeah, still have. I still I do. I, I think this, it might be uh, in the he's, he's got a road sign that says in yellow font on yellow road sign font on a green road sign. It says protection. And then I don't know if you ever noticed. I did. Okay, up at the corner of the N, there's a QR code. Yeah, that took. Well, go that to what is protection? Yes. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Stuff like that is neat too. But most of what you had there was a little bit of backstory, but mostly plot hooks. Right. And what he's doing is actually sort of incorporating his gaming notes well, the, into his newspaper, simultaneously, which is cool. And, I mean, when, whenever you, whenever you start a new campaign and you have a um, uh, in, in a, a unique setting or a setting that it, it is fleshed out, like a you know you're not building it as you go, yeah. mm-hmm. a published setting or, or yeah. you've got there's a. There's that inevitable sort of data dump that yeah. the GM has to do to How the players. How does this work? How does that work? Where are we? What is who, what, what would a character in this world know? Right. Yeah. You know that just the know? basic yeah. stuff. Yeah. And that's a good way to sort of deliver it in bite-sized pieces. Absolutely. 
So I, I do like that as a as an. And it I, it as gives an the idea. players. You give them all the same info. Yeah. It gives the players who care to read and care about that stuff that chapters do it, and those that don't don't have to. Right. But exactly. they have it there. Yeah. It also, I find it really handy when you've given us newspapers, and and information as a physical copy to refer to back to. Because after three episodes, you forget. And then you remember, oh my god, that's right, we have this newspaper. And you remember, like, oh yeah, there's this plot hook that we totally forgot about that's now documented and written down for us. And that's another thing that yours seems like it will do, which is help the players keep track of their they, progress. They have, they have quite <laughs> literally done exactly that, where it's like, it's quite handy. wait, hold on, reach into my pack, but actually reach into a, like a, a cupboard on the near their yeah. desk or whatever. Like, wait, hold on. I was like, <laughs> they're like flipping through the newspapers. Wait, like didn't that. we? Isn't that something? Oh we my read? god, it's right here! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, that was like a month and a half ago. <laughs> That's funny. Like in game time, it was a month and a half ago. In real remember. time, it was like four months I ago. I don't remember what I did a month and a half ago in my real life. Do you remember what you had for breakfast? Game. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, okay, well, that's a cheap yeah. way to answer. Yeah. <laughs> I never cheap said I was in the, I'm a cheap date. <laughs> I'm easy and I'm cheap. All right. I'm reasonably priced. Let's end this shit. Okay. Yes. Where's my thing? Oh, there it is. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> You wrong song. The wrong one. Thank you for joining us. Season 28, episode 14 of Happy Jacks OG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Stork. And I'm Kurt, the original. And we'll we're s- celebrating. This would be our first live podcast back. Our first live podcast back. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you some sanitizer before we leave. Don't touch your face. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll leave you with a song. We'll see you next week. We're not going to leave you with a song. I don't do that anymore. That Real complicated deal. I'll talk about it later sometime. of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum. Why problem make when you no problem have, you don't want to make? <laughs>